0: This is Archive Atlanta, episode 179, Men and Religion Forward Movement. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So this week's mini episode is about a forgotten, very short-lived chapter of the early 1900s reform movement, a group called the Men and Religion Forward Movement. Between 1911 and 1912, 76 major U.S. cities and 1,800 small towns began chapters of this group. So what was it all about? Who formed it in Atlanta? What did they do here? Today, we're going to talk about all of that and more. Men and religion forward is considered one of the strongest examples of muscular Christianity. So I wanna take a moment to explain what that means. That began in mid 19th century England, just as the same time as the industrial revolution. And while it did not originate from a specific person, it was more like a set of ideals that came from the fear that men were losing their manliness. It was categorized by a belief in patriotic duty, discipline, self-sacrifice, masculinity, and athleticism. And this focus on exercise and sports is actually what led to the formation of the YMCA, the Young Men's Christian Association, in 1844 in London. And I'm actually talking more about the YMCA next week. Uh, But in the United States, muscular Christianity was first more in private schools, later very much in YMCAs. And here it was a direct response to the changing times. So women are Getting the right to vote. There's an influx of immigrants that are taking blue collar jobs. There's lots of changing societal morals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The movement was also widespread in evangelical churches, and it's a reaction to the feminization of 19th century American Protestantism. So during the Victorian era, um, morality and religion were considered female traits, and then business and politics are male traits. And so American Protestant churches had been two thirds female since the 1600s. So all of a sudden, this is a problem. And the Men and Religion Forward movement was aimed at recruiting more men to become Protestants. Churches needed to have kind of manly church work, and they incorporated the social gospel. So I talked about this, um, I think, in the Atlanta Women's Club um, episode. to talk about uh, progressive era and social gospel. Um, President Teddy Roosevelt is also considered a prime example of muscular Christianity movement. So he was one of its most vocal proponents. He's kind of the poster child of it. To explain it all, think of Teddy Roosevelt, uh, but also all the stuff I just told you. Fred Burton Smith, who was an employee of the Religious Work Department of the YMCA, he is considered the founder of the Men in Religion Forward movement. He believed women had taken charge too long and he wanted to vitalize churches by bringing in more male members. And so their motto is actually, quote, more men for religion, more religion for men, end quote. Smith had spoken in Atlanta first in 1903 and then later in 1905, and the movement he started officially began September 8th, 1911. And the idea was to have a campaign of meetings in Protestant churches across the country that were called sweeps. They were like eight day long religious revivals. This is the only religious revival in history to explicitly exclude women, which I thought was interesting. They ran this movement like a business, so they had marketing ads um, in the sports pages to attract their target demographic. The first Men and Religion Forward meeting in the South was in Nashville uh, in March of 1911. And then by the fall, the movement had reached Atlanta. Reverend Frank Seiler from Wesley Memorial offered his support along with Dr. John White from Second Baptist, um, Dr. Wilmer from St. Luke's, really the most prominent churchmen in Atlanta, um, spoke to their congregations about this movement. So by November, leadership from New York City came to Atlanta, and they formed a local committee. John J. Egan was elected chairman, Marion Jackson, vice chair, Robert Maddox, treasurer, and W.C. Schaefer was secretary. So all of these men, I didn't want to get into each one. I mean, they were all very prominent, uh, white business owners, business leaders, either elected officials. They were obviously Christian, and they almost all had strong ties to the local YMCA. I think Marion Jackson was president. Just one month after forming, they set a goal of mailing a Bible to each of the 7,000 prisoners in the state of Georgia penal system, and that slogan being, quote, reach the man who has no Christmas, end quote. If you're a longtime listener, you know that the majority of prisoners at this time are in convict camps, so this is actually a cause they picked up later um, against the, the convict, and not convict leasing as a practice was technically outlawed, but just having men in prison labor camps they were against. There was a red light district in Atlanta in 1912-ish that I plan to do an entire episode about in the future, Uh, but it was the men and religion forward movement that took up the cause in ridding the city of Vice. Manhattan Avenue, which is what today basically the Georgia World Congress Center, um, it was a source of contention for the police chief, uh, city officials, and so it was the men of the movement that hired private detectives. Um, They joined like another vice commission. They toured the streets and the quote unquote public houses, In 1913, the city with the help from the group instituted like a mass closing of all the houses of ill repute. So they did a 4 p.m. deadline, uh, September 29th, I think it was 1912. And so this had 50 houses that put out all of these women with nowhere to go and no jobs. And so it was the men and religion forward movement. They advocated for either maintaining or maybe relocating kind of like a halfway house that was called Martha's house, um, along with Really weirdly enough, kind of standing up for some of the madams, um, as long as these madams had confessed their sins, so to speak, and you know said they were going to leave a straight, lead a straight and narrow life, uh, they were in the papers, kind of advocating for them. By 1914, it was Marion Jackson who spoke to the press about how the vice was gone, you know, had not been shuffled to another part of the city. He says, quote, the dragon had its claws pulled, end quote, and that Atlanta no longer had to contend with licensed and capitalized vice. That was a bit of a reach, but we'll probably talk about it in another episode one day. And while it's easy for us to use a modern lens in viewing the past, the group actually had some very progressive ideas for the time. So during the labor strikes at the Fulton Bag and Cotton Mill of 1914 and 15, the men sided with the strikers, speaking out against child labor laws also at the time. Um, and this whole, whole topic is a, a very complex because there were charges of anti-Semitism um, from the mill owners who were Jewish against the striking workers who were mostly Christian. And again, this is a group of men of a Christian organization, first and foremost. And so there's actually one of the strike meetings, Jackson, um, it's kind of a transcript of it. And he tells the crowd that any, you know, anti-Jewish sentiment is false. He proceeds to list all of the famous Jews in the Bible. Um, they were, they worked very hard to maintain their image. And again, fighting for the, the rights of the people on strike. They were also strongly pro-prohibition. They thought of alcohol as the true gateway drug, so to speak. So if you could stop the sale and consumption of alcohol, you can really, like, cure the world of all vice and evil. And so in the summer of 1915, at a mass meeting at the Grand Theater, the members of the Men in Religion Forward movement petitioned the mayor and city council to refuse uh, beer, saloon licenses, and licenses to locker clubs. And so for me, in in kind of reading this mini history, this was like the beginning of the end. So what was happening is locker clubs were found in very prominent white private clubs like Piedmont Driving Club. And it was a loophole for men to be able to legally drink during Georgia's prohibition. And it was, you know, very accepted You know, no one was trying to fight that. But the men and religion forward movement was like, no, this is not right. And so having these leaders go to actually state conventions um, and in local government, they started to get a lot of hatred. All in all, the Men and Religion Forward movement held 7,000 meetings between 1911 and 1912 across the country, attended by one and a half million men. But even by April of 1912, it was apparent to the le- leadership in New York that there was like a lot fewer conversions than they anticipated. So the national movement formally ends in 1914, but Atlanta's organization held through, through I think 1916. And even then... There's indication that that the men and their cause just shifted into other groups with different names. So there you have it. The short story of the Men and Religion Forward movement. Thank you everyone for listening. Remember to leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. There is a link in the show notes if you want to support the work. And I will talk to you guys next week.